You're listening to TGIF Geocaching Radio. It's almost Christmas, and this year, the Seven Days of Geopodmas is a special daily audio saga continuing the adventures of Tiny Tim and the Treasure Troops. Be sure to catch up and follow the events from day one, because Geopodmas Day 4 begins now. As soon as the portal dropped him, Freddy landed with his two feet awkwardly on the edge of a cement surface, and immediately he began teetering, waving his green limbs trying to keep his balance. He was an awkward mishmash of plastic pieces, each attached to his body that could spin, and so it wasn't too much difficulty to counter his awkward landing and stick it. He took a breath and looked down. Oh, he was high, standing on the edge of a large, round cement pillar. Straight in front of him was a large brown structure, and just over its edge, he could see a similar round pole shooting up from the center, and up, and up, and up, and disappeared into the haze of snow that was falling and swirling in the wind. He bent over to pick up the navigator disc that had come to rest beside him as the gateway vanished, and placed it in his large flat mouth for safekeeping. Suddenly, he felt a gust and almost lost his balance again, but quickly adjusted and stayed put. But that's as far as his sturdiness lasted. A sudden flurry of wind and snow followed and whammed into him, and he tilted over and backwards, and his footing gave way to the wind. He fell head over limb and felt he was sure to fall and face his fate, but something caught, and one of his crazy hair strands snagged in a crack. And there he ended up, hanging over the edge of a concrete pillar, bouncing in the wind against its side, held in place only by a lock of hair. Typical he muttered to himself. That wasn't the end of his ordeal, though. Moments later, he spotted a human vehicle appear from the snowy haze. It rolled up to his cement pillar, and he froze. Apart from the wind shifting him around, of course. The car stopped next to him. It's definitely this one, he heard a voice say. A young human had opened the passenger door next to the pillar. A car blocked the wind a bit, and when he approached, Freddy heard from inside the car, The last log was a DNF. It's a lamppost. It probably is missing. The young geocacher knew what to do and put his hands around the brown structure and lifted. As soon as he did, Freddy's ears nearly burst from the screech. I hate when they do that, the human complained. But glancing around, all the snow and wind really helped mask the sound. And as geocachers tend to try to be stealthy, he wasn't all that worried about being seen or heard just now. Freddy was dangling just barely out of sight around the pillar and heard the human's fingers feeling around the surface of the pole the structure was covering, and then inside the structure. Aha! yelled the human. Got it, I think. Freddy heard a rip, the sound of Velcro detaching. Sure enough, it was indeed there all along. No DNF for those geocachers. There was no waste of time on their part because it was very cold. The human entered the car with the geocache and then a few moments later re-emerged. The structure had remained in place, so he approached and bent over to see where the Velcro was to reattach the container inside. And just as he did, he spotted Freddy, a weird fidget toy dangling on the side of the pillar. Hey, there's a toy here too. It's too big to fit in the cache though. The human grabbed him, unsnagged the hairlock, and stuffed him in a pocket. Freddy heard the awful screech again as the human lowered the structure on the pole. Then he felt the wind stop, and after some shuffling, he realized he was in the car off to wherever these humans were heading next. A few minutes passed, and Freddy heard them talking about another geocache, this one an ammo can at the trailhead to a forest, found often and should be easy to find. Freddy didn't mind that one bit, especially if he had the chance to make sure that it was well stocked. 
Soon the car made a turn, hit a couple of bumps, and came to a stop. He felt the human's hand reach in and grab him, pulling him out of the pocket. Freddy was being held so close to the human's face, so close he'd ever been to one before. His eyes were darting around Freddy's quirky shape. A finger tapped his arm, which half spun around its axis. Then a harder tap, and his arms really whipped around, spinning wildly. Another finger started playing with one of his legs, doing the same. Eventually, every spinnable part of his body was twirling, and the human gave a little chuckle. What a weird fidget toy. I've never seen anything like it, he muttered. Then he shoved Freddy back in his pocket, and the doors opened. Freddy heard snow crunching with their steps. There's a big fallen log over there, said one voice. And then his human confirmed. I see it. The human bent down and brushed away some snow and commented, Well, isn't that a completely normal pile of sticks? Freddy heard the sound of sticks being moved, and then metal. Got it, his human shouted. Freddy couldn't see anything yet, but he heard the crunch of a cold ammo can opening and the reaction of his human. Ugh, that did not sound pleasant. There was a bag with a crunched up log book covered in frozen rust and had clearly been wet, and the cold got to it before it could dry out. There were also a couple of old, melted, hard candies sticking in the corners. The human picked out the logbook, flipped to a page he could sign, then returned it to the bag. But not before he wiped off a whole lot of the rusty residue, plicking out the candy and wrappers, and knocking out the other ice from inside the ammo can. The other human must have gone back to the car to get a rag, because he then arrived and started wiping around inside the container. What a nice gesture, thought Freddy. They were cleaning the cache to make it a little more pleasant for others to find. No one likes getting rust on their fingers. Freddy had experienced that before, and it was a big pain to clean off his limbs after a mission. Freddy felt the grip of the human again, and he was pulled out of the pocket. I'll just leave this one here, at least so there's something in the can. And he placed Freddy next to the bag with the log. In moments, the lid had been folded back into position, followed by the deafening, from inside the ammo can, clunk of the outer latch. He was jostled around as the can was placed on the ground and covered once again in the sticks. Then as he heard the footsteps fade away, he heard his human one more time saying, I wonder where that toy came from. Must have been homemade or something. And then it was quiet. He couldn't see anything inside. He opened his mouth and retrieved the navigator disc. The arrow was glowing slightly and he could make out how large and empty the can appeared from here. He backed up to a high corner of the space, hoped that there was room, and held the disc's button, pointing the beam down to the far end of the container. Moments later, a restocking gateway appeared above where it pointed, and in poured a bundle of little trinkets and toys. They clattered into a pile, and he quickly released the button, the portal vanished, and the container was dark once again. The ammo can was locked from the outside, and with no flat surface, there was no place to spin up his gateway home. A familiar situation, this was, just like before he was rescued and recruited. Time to wait for the next geocacher, and maybe he'd have a way out. Minutes pass. And then... Hello? Freddy answered. He listened, and heard some scraping, some rough sliding, and a big clank, at which point the lid popped open a bit and filled the space with light. And then, a tiny little head appeared in the white crack. Tiny Tim gave a little yap in greeting, then asked, Need a hand? Freddy clambered over the toys and shifted up a few higher so he could reach the opening above, where Tiny Tim was waiting. Freddy was overjoyed at the appearance of Tiny Tim. Thank you so much, Tiny Tim. I'm a big fan, but I never thought I'd get to see you in person. Tim sheepishly sat back, tail wagging. Oh, it's nothing, he replied. Actually, I'm not sure what brought me here, but it must have been to save you. 
I was chasing after a navigator disc. Oh yes, I heard about your mission. I mean, I heard rumors that Sir Maximus might be alive and you were going to save him. Tim's heart sank slightly. Rumors were almost never very accurate. Well, I don't know if he is. I'm only following a feeling. A little bit of hope. To be honest, I don't even know what I'm doing. After I rescued my disc, I tumbled down a steep hill, and then something happened and I jumped and landed near here. I heard the clunk of things being dropped into a container and knew a geocache must be nearby, just restocked. And that led me here. Freddy was enraptured at seeing Tiny Tim and listened to his every word and could barely control his limbs, spinning like Tim's tail would wag when excited. He had a very high regards for the mysterious line keepers, and Tiny Tim and Sir Maximus had recently become his favorite. He wanted to find out all he could, fascinated with their travels and abilities. When he'd heard that Sir Maximus went missing, he wanted to find out everything he could to follow all the news he could find. He couldn't stop fidgeting as Tim continued. Freddy, you haven't heard anything from Sir Maximus, have you? Oh no, I would think that you should know far more than me. I mean, you even have his keeper's hat, right? I can only imagine the kind of traveling you're doing with it. Me? Definitely not. I wouldn't use his hat, I've got my own. Yeah, but don't you think his must be more powerful? He's the highest rank. Tim sat quietly. He stopped panting as Freddy's words sank in. He hadn't thought of that. He was so used to his own hat and only knew what he saw happen as his human overused Sir Maximus's hat, which was now sitting securely back at headquarters. Could he? Should he? Tiny Tim was a linekeeper, but Sir Maximus was his mentor. It didn't feel right. He didn't feel ready. Tim looked back at the fidgeting green guy in front of him. Freddy, you did a good job here. You kept yourself together and completed a mission. I'm proud of you, but it's time you headed back. I know. It's been an adventure and a privilege meeting you. Can I shake your paw? Freddy stepped forward with a limb outstretched. Tim lifted a paw, and in a moment of levity snapped it down fast over Freddy's limb and set it spinning in a fury. They chuckled together. Freddy found a piece of flat wood and set his navigator disc on it, spun it to start the gateway, and as he stepped towards it, glanced at Tim. Tim gave an encouraging bark and Freddy disappeared into his gateway. Tim had returned to the portal station and was now sitting by the hat. He'd been pondering it for some time now, looking at it intently. How much better can it travel than his? Should he use it? Apprehensively, he removed his own hat and swapped it for Sir Maximus's. He donned it and tucked his own hat tightly into his little blue scarf. With a deep breath, he closed his eyes, considered the significance of what he was about to do, and concentrated. And then in a split second that seemed like forever, a linekeeper gateway began swirling up and closing around him, then carrying him away right now. 